Broadcasting live from Buffalo State College, here is The Blitz on 91.3 FM. Welcome back to the Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBNY Buffalo, Buffalo's original alternative since 1982, brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Activity Fee. I am your host, Tanner Saunders, for the day, and I am joined by my dashingly good-looking co-host, as always, Dan Dale, Evan Harrington, and Frank the Tank Lopez. Joe Kelly has been uh, banished to the spirit realm for probably the first half hour or so, so he can uh, eat his lunch, but until then, we'll have uh, the rest of the full house hold down the fort we got a lot to cover today so much so that i don't know if we'll be able to get to everything that i want to today but we're just going to put our heads down and plow through it starting off first order of business dan you should be happy because you don't have to pull out the thesaurus and list off you know 30 30 uh, synonyms for the word bad because the sabers washed that bad taste out of their mouth from the blue jackets and the bruins games they defeated the tampa bay lightning five to three on saturday a couple things to talk about from that game you know first and foremost tage thompson goal assist he tied jack eichel's career high in points with 82 and eichel did it in 77 games in 2018-19 and tage has now done it in 61 games this year a whole 16 games less than jack eichel Eichel, not trying to compare, you know, Eichel to Tage at all. Just an, an interesting tidbit there. Uh, Jeff Skinner, he had a good game after a four-game pointless streak earlier in the season. He has now 12 points in the last nine games with six goals, six assists, and he's one point shy of tying his career high in points with 63. Casey Middlestat, he had an assist, now 11 points in the last 11 games, three goals, eight assists. Stop playing with middle stat. That's all I got to say there. Now, Dan, I want to bring you in and everyone else in on this one. Vinny Henestroza, he scored. He had a goal. Since being called up from Rochester, he has now three points in four games with two goals, one assist. And, Dan, I don't understand the uh, the inexplicable Vinny Henestroza hatred because, you know, he's a good middle to bottom six forward, can do just about any role that you ask of him. And the best part was he didn't register a hit in that game, but he caught a body off the ice after the game. Do you guys see uh, Mike Harrington, the, the Sabres columnist? I'm not related, by the way. I'm that, not related. Yeah, I'm not related. He has to I make that clear. I just want to say, not related. I was going to say, if you are, you might want to uh, like go get your uncle or whatever he is, because he tweeted, uh, the kids take over PA announcers had a few too many dipping Dots today. Oh, yeah. Yo, kiddo, slow down <laughs> with nine O's in the word slow. And then Vinny Henestroza comes in from off the top rope he said we all enjoyed it kid great job today we hope we can meet you soon so just talk about apart from that that was probably the best part of Vinny Henestrosa's performance but just you know Dan say something nice about him for once uh I I can say something about the whole game before I get to Vinny Henestrosa all right and I will call the game Acceptable, excellent, exceptional, favorable, great, marvelous, positive, satisfactory, satisfying, superb, valuable, wonderful, ace, boss, capital, choice, crack, nice, pleasing, prime, rad, sound, sterling, super, superior, welcome, worthy. All right, there you go. That's more like it. So, yeah, no, I was I, I, I was very happy with the game. Hirschstroza, um, you know, he's, he's looking better and... What I mean by that is 
that he's not taking the usual dips like he did last year. Like, hey, I'm going to start off really well, then be kind of quiet for a long time, and then have one great game, and then kind of be like mid for the rest of the season. I he wants to stay up, and I'll I'll, I'll give him I'll, I'll give him props for like trying his hardest for like saying hey, I I don't want to be this rotational guy. I want to be straight out on the ice every night. Uh, I can produce the points. I can give assists. You know, that's that's a huge thing, especially with a team that's fighting for a playoff spot. You need the guys who create the chances and. If his shows is gonna do it, I mean, really, you're you're looking at who's the one to sit next, and if his shows keeps proving himself, I would say the next one up is Olson. I and that's hard to say, just in the sense of, you know, when Olson is on, Olson is amazing. It's not like he's garbage, or he he just really has the nice hot stretches, and then he gets really cold. For a long time. And then it'll just appear again. And then it'll be great again. But yeah, no, his shows a, uh, especially defending the, uh, the, uh, like 10, 11 year old kid for being a PA announcer. I mean, dude, how, how angry at life do you gotta be to correct a nine or 10 year old on how to be a PA announcer? I mean, while you're just sitting in the seats getting drunk. That's kind of funny. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, man. And there's another video that surfaced today. This is a whole sidebar uh, dealing with Mike Harrington. But there's another video that came out today that's going semi-viral on Sabres Twitter from a couple years ago. A similar event, like a kids, you know, type thing. There was a junior reporter there, and a member of the Sabres PR staff is like, "Why don't you get in a little closer and put your phone up and ask a question?" And then Harrington standing there, and he's like, "Nope, back up," and like shoots the kid away, <laughs> and the. Part of that's on the Sabres PR staff because they didn't do anything about it. But still, like, not a good look for Harrington. He made his uh, Twitter account private for not a related, while. By it's, the way, it's back public. <laughs> Evan's yeah. got to make sure it's like sure. well-known knowledge that he's not related, so he doesn't get hate on Twitter. Yeah, but that's uh, not a good look for him. But he's been getting canceled by Sabres Twitter, rightfully so. But anyways, back on track, Evan. I want to, you know. Uh, Shift this topic over to you now, talking about Vinny Henestrosa. What has he brought to this Sabres lineup since coming back from Rochester? Yeah, um, coming up, you know, within the lineup, uh, really due to Alex Tuck being injured, and at a point in time, Vinny Henestrosa was supposed to get dealt out in dealt out of Buffalo. Um, I'll, you know, I'm sure he knew that. I'm sure Granado and Adams knew that. I'm sure the entire roster knew that. Most of the fan base knew that as well especially Dan, Dan Dan Dale, he wanted him gone. Um, but Henestrosa didn't get dealt out. Um, he stayed within the Sabres organization, um, but that was not within, uh, you know, the main roster. That was down in Rochester. And Henestrosa had a nice little stint down with the Americans. And when Tuck got hurt and you needed a guy to come up and, and, and play um, in an exercise role, that was number 29, Vinny Henestrosa. And we've seen Henestrosa, um, you know, in the past. Uh, you know, one game that comes to, comes to mind is the uh, Heritage Classic game. 
Um, he, I'm pretty sure he had a three-point performance in that one. Two goals and one assist, I'm pretty sure. Uh, he's, you know, when given the opportunity, he's a player that's going to work his tail off, uh, you know, in the corners, up top, um, in the neutral zone, in the ozone, um, you know, in, neut- in um, neutral zone transitional breakouts. Like, this is a guy that just wants it. He's hungry. Uh, he's determined. He wants to, t- to stay in the league. He wants to play for the Buffalo Sabres. He wants to uh, earn a spot on this roster full time. And he's been doing that, uh, you know, over the last few games here, you know, filling in for Alex Tuck. Uh, and, and, you, and you just love to see it. Uh, you love to see it out of uh, out of a guy like Vinny Henestrosa because, again, um, you know, he's not uh, a young prospect by any means that's coming up here and showing some good some good spirit and some good light. Um He's a guy that's been around the league for a little bit, and he's a guy that, you know, if the wrong thing goes his way, he could be a full-time AHLer. Um, so he's got to take every, uh, you know, moment and everything that's thrown at him, uh, you know, serious. And, and he's got to do that all the time. And he's been playing lights out. Um, obviously, the other night had the big goal against Tampa. Um, pretty sure that was the was it the fifth goal, was it? No, no, it was the third goal. Yes. It was the third goal, and it, it was just the goal that the Sabres needed, and, you know, he delivered. Uh, and, you know, he's been paired out with Dylan Cousins and Casey Middlestat the last few games, and, you know, Cousins is a center that can fly, and Middlestat is a winger that can pass the puck precisely in the offensive zone. And that paired up with a guy in Vinny Henestrosa that just likes to fly around and find his spots, that's, you know, going to work for some success. And, again, he's playing really well, and, He's only going to continue to you know keep playing well when he's keeping his head down and moving forward like the way he is. All right, there you go. Now the next player I want to talk about from this game is Jack Quinn, and he has been unlocked as of late. In the four games that he's been on the Tage Skinner line, he's got five points, including two goals, three assists. He's been able you know to show off that elite shooting ability that he was drafted for, and he's just been playing overall really well. So much so that there's been you know rumblings in the fan base that even once Tuck comes back, you don't take Quinn off the first line. I want to hear your guys' thoughts on that. Dan, why don't you go ahead and open the floor? Yeah, no, I, I think that's a perfect move for the Sabres in the sense that you have now found a second winger who pairs well with Thompson and Skinner. And we've always talked about what if we can get that top six guy for, for cousins? What if we can do it? What if we trade for it? What if we, well, the what if has become the now once Tuck comes back, if you pair him with, with cousins, I think it may be a very dominant second line. I mean, even more dominant than it is now. Um, you know, you can move Henestrosa down to the third, fourth, or make him a rotational. Um, but he he is just it, it's going to be confu- it's going to be amazing to see how Granado is going to work out the lines. Just because now we're getting to that point of like, okay, who do we really want to bench? Um, you know, who who deserves it? You know, who who hasn't played up to our expectations, but. Tuck being with Cousins would just be an amazing line. I I definitely fully support the Quinn being up on the first line. He's been rejuvenated. It feels like I I I he's done well with Cousins. It's no like, oh Cousins was a really bad center and he's just doing really better with Tage and, but like, Middlestat is not Skinner. He he just isn't. That's like or Paterka isn't Skinner. You know, so you can argue that 
you know, the young line didn't work so well because they're all so young. You know, it worked for a, a time being, but at one point it just broke apart. Um, you know, the mistakes came into play. Then you put middle stat with Quinn, and that worked better, but it didn't work probably to what a second line should be. But if you put Tuck, uh, or if once you put, once uh, Granado put Quinn with Tage and Scary, he's been like a completely different player in the sense that Skinner has the ability to make plays, make great passes, and do what he wants whenever he wants to. Um, even for the the small guy that he is, he just finds the holes and trusts that, you know, either Tage or Quinn is going to be there once he passes the puck. Uh, and then Tage, how can you not love being with Tage? Your big shooter draws a double team almost every game, and that allows you to be more open to score. I, I, I mean... The line just seems perfect in the sense that you have a rookie with two veteran guys who the team, who opposing teams will be, be looking at and being like, okay, you got to cover these two. You can't let them be open in any way, shape, or form. And you just have Quinn all by, your, by himself, and we know how great of a, a shooter Quinn is when Quinn has the time and isn't pressured. I, I, I mean, it's amazing. It should stay the way. Tuck should be on the second line. All right, Evan, I'll open that uh, to you as well. Your thoughts on that. I believe I know what your thoughts are going to be. I'm pretty sure you tweeted that you can't take Quinn off the first line when Tuck comes back, but go on ahead and uh, elaborate on that. Yeah, you can't take Jack Quinn off the first line over what the the last what five games it's been uh, that he's been playing up there. Uh, he's been over a point per game, and, and the big thing for Jack Quinn, why he's succeeding so uh, greatly on the first line is, is that not only he is on the first line, he's going to put up good numbers. If I mean, you stick any forward on that line with Thompson and Skinner, they're going to they're going to do wonders. But you know the reason why you're really seeing Jack Quinn um, become what you know we thought he could become is that he doesn't have to be the second or first guy on his line. He doesn't have to be a one B or a, or the second guy, you know, next to someone else. He can be the third guy and he can play his game. Um, and again, you're playing with Thompson and Skinner. You're playing with two phenomenal players in their own, right? And you got Jack Quinn. You just got to do your thing. You got to do your role. Just, you know, win a battle in the corner here and there, get open. We're going to find you. You're going to, you know, shoot the puck. Use your elite shot. I mean, Jack Quinn was a guy that had some comparisons to David Posterdock just because of, how deadly his shot was, how he could open up, um, you know, shot lanes for himself on the fly. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen it so far in his career that he he takes some off-platform shots, he takes some off-angle shots, but they find their way to their net, and some of them go in. Uh, that's just because he's an elite offensive talent. Um, and if you're going to take an elite offensive talent, you're going to want to you're going to want to pair him with other elite offensive talent, and that's Jeff Skinner. And Tate Thompson. I mean, these are three guys on one line that all complement each other very nicely, uh, and they're all elite offensively. Uh, and just going back to the Tuck thing, I mean, I I I love Tuck on the second line, and obviously Tuck's much better than Quinn. Like Tuck's, you know, a top three player on this team right now, probably. But uh, you know, throwing Tuck on the second line is no like disrespect or anything. It's just you know what works better and. At the same time, like you know, Tuck and Cousins, we've seen them play with each other throughout the season, and they've connected well. I mean, look at look at uh, uh, the the game winning goal against Boston. Dylan Cousins drove it down, you know, the, the near side boards, and he's going to throw a little drop pass for Tuck. Tuck's going to throw it past the goaltender. Like 
they've connected really well throughout the season. I mean, Alex Tuck, the drop pass to Dylan Cousins for the game-tying goal against Boston. Like, when they're on the ice together, they've proven they can play with one another. And, and I wouldn't hate the idea of throwing 89 and 24 on a line together, whether that's with Middlestat, Greenway, anyone else. Anastroza, I mean, Olison, whoever you got, you're going to throw on that line. As long as Tuck and Cousins are there, I like it. Or Paterka as well, I guess you could say. All right, Joe. We'll go Joe, and then Frank the Tank. If you got anything to add, you can as well, because it's been 16 minutes, and you haven't gotten a word in edgewise. But, Joe, go ahead. All right, so I've finished eating my lunch, and here are my thoughts. I like Tuck not being on the first line, and I think this team's been big on experimentation in the past, right? We've seen it. They like to, Granada likes to move things around to see what works, and I think we're seeing what could work. And, like, I don't know know who, I, I think you mentioned it, Cousins and Tuck have connected and have a connection with each other where if it's plug and play, I feel like at this point, you know, and it again, not a disrespectful move at all. I'm not saying you're worse than Quinn. It's not, a, you know what I mean? Nothing like that. It's just who works better and what spot. And I think personally, along with you guys, that he might work better with a Dylan Cousins and Jack Quinn clearly works better on that first line. So I'm, I'm all for keeping Tuck down. Frank the Tank, you got anything on that? I mean, I don't disagree with anything that they're saying. 21 years old, coming up, I mean, have his, what, eight points in the past seven games, coming off uh, two games where he scores more than a point a game. I mean, you put him on the front line with uh, Tage and Skinner, and he, this team makes a push, and I think you don't take him off until mid-March, until Tuck comes back. Mm-hmm. All right, there you go. Now the next player I want to talk about is Riley Stillman. He only got eight minutes of ice time against Tampa Bay before uh, leaving the game after getting uh, put to sleep. But he did register two hits, and we saw he was willing to uh, to drop the gloves. Dan, I remember you said one night in the group chat that he's growing on you into you know one of your more liked players on the team. Evan, you said he's legit to hell with the charts, although uh, verbatim because he used a much stronger pejorative than to hell with. With, but uh, go on ahead and explain yourselves, guys. What is it that you're seeing out of Riley Stillman that's making him grow on you so much? He puts his body on the line, and that's not what a lot of players do anymore, just in the sense of injuries uh, and not having the confidence to, you know, go after a guy and finish the hit. You know, they want to move back into the play with the puck. Um, Stillman doesn't give two craps. Stillman's like, I'm going to knock your best guy over, and I don't care if it causes me to drop the gloves. I am going to rock his world into next week. And, man, that one hit they made. Oh, oh, what a beauty. What a beauty of a hit that was. I was like, yes, yes, send him to Timbuktu. Come on, Stillman. I, I, I mean, that's why he's growing on me. It's just that. He's putting his body on a line for a team he's been with for, what, a week? Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, how many other new players are doing that? Like saying, okay, I have full confidence that, you know, this team that I've never played with before, they'll be at my back. They'll be able to make up for what I'm go- about to do. That man just straight up trusts everything with this system, and that's what you need, those type of players. Um, and... I, I haven't seen, I, I mean, credit, Stillman did get his butt beat pretty hard in that fight, but 
Man, seeing a fight for the first time in a while. For, I, I mean, just two guys throwing punches at each other. Even if it's Stillman did just kind of stand there with his fist up like, don't make me. <laughs> uh, it, it was just great to see that we, we have that aggressiveness and, you know, that he's fighting for a team that he's been with for a week pays dividends to the fans because you're just like, I like this guy, especially with like the all the charts and everything coming out saying he's a he's a systematic guy. He only works in certain places with certain teams with certain coaches. I I don't see a problem. I I, mean, I I think he's good. Yeah. Um. When a new guy comes from another team and he's entering a new locker room, a new atmosphere, um, a whole new building. Uh, you got to earn the respect of your peers. Um, that's the biggest thing in hockey. Uh, when you get a new guy, you got to you got to find a way to earn the respect of your peers. And uh, it, it was probably hard and a little awkward the first day for Stillman here, but you know he played the game against Boston. You know, got a few hits there, showed what he can do. But the second game at home in front of a good crowd, just you know wanted to show the locker room, show the guys, show the team like. This is what's up. Like, this is what I'm going to be bringing here. Uh, I, I want to do something to spark the team. Um, and, and I can tell you right now, all those guys on the bench for the Sabres, you know, earn the utmost respect for Riley Stillman. I, I can tell you right now, being around hockey locker rooms my entire life, you know, Stillman got, you know, he, he got, got respected for that. Um, you know, his overall game, I mean, it's fine. It, it's nothing great. Uh, you're bringing a, a you know a third pair D man here. That's what he is really. Uh, he's a guy that you're going to be wanting to put out there four to five minutes a period. Uh, just play well. Don't allow you know too many goals. Just shut down the line that you're going up against. Play physical uh, and just you know play good in the D zone. I mean that that's really what a third pair defenseman is really just asked to do. Um, and he's doing that. Uh, you know, for the first two games so far. I mean, you see some some great energy and some great hustle um, and intensity in the D zone. You like that. Uh, this isn't a guy we're going to be asking to be like Darlene or Power or Samuelson, um, you know, carry the puck up the ice, try to create a little bit of offense. No, we're not, we're not asking Stillman to do that. All we're asking of Stillman is to play a physical brand of hockey for 15 minutes a night, sometimes only 12, go out there, and just be a be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, like when 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 another opposing line comes on the ice, they should be afraid to go into the corner with Stillman. They should be afraid to hold onto the puck too long at the half wall because Stillman's coming around. Um, but still, yeah, I, I mean, you know, good player. He's playing well so far. And again, you know, screw the charts because you know, literally charts are like the worst way to evaluate a hockey player. And that's what all Sabres Twitter was saying is, you know, this guy's gonna be bad because of a chart. Early returns on that trade looking good so far. And last but not least, we got to talk about Eric Brick, also known as Eric Comrie. He had uh, 33 of 36 saves. The first game since January 26th, where he recorded a save percentage above 90. And the defense, you know, to their part, they played a good game in front of him, only allowing five medium danger chances and three high danger chances. They scored on two of those three. But Eric Comrie had a pretty solid game. He ended Nikita Kucherov, Steven Stamkos, and 
point. They sat most of the uh, the third period in that game, and it, car- it carried over into the Canes game for Tampa Bay. There's at one point in that game, the Canes had four goals, and Tampa Bay had only four shots by the end of the second period. The Lightning just haven't looked the same ever since they got booshed, but... Uh, where was I going? Oh, uh, Eric Comrie, still probably the low man on the Sabres goaltending totem pole, but uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Eric Comrie's performance? The brick wall? That's right. The brick man? Uh, I I don't know what else to call him, but man, did he make some electrifying saves. I, I, I mean, am I happy that we have a three-goalie uh, rotation? Probably not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but to see Comrie and UPL doing really well has like warmed my heart. And I think this works really well for Comrie with this rotation, just in the sense that he was signed to be a starter. That That's what he is. Um, but he's been hurt. He had to take uh, some AHL games to feel ready to get back into things. And this man goes on a four-game winning streak. I, I I mean, how many other players come back from the AHL and just decide, yeah, you're not going to play me much? Fine, win, 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 win. You cannot deny me no more, Mr. Granado. Get me out on the ice. And I, I definitely think, you know, we may start seeing less of Craig Anderson, even less. Um you know, I, I, I think the Sabres might be moving in a sense where Comrie gets back to the starting, you know, the starting platform, being your number one goalie instead of UPL. Um, move UPL down to the backup and then have Anderson come in during maybe games that you don't really need to worry about or even just big momentum games because we've seen... Anderson do well in both of those kind of games, but you know, he, he has to rest up. He, he can't go back to back. He can't go, you know, he, he can't go like two games in four days. It's like, maybe this is like the best thing to move Comrie up. And he's like pretty dang well. And he's almost surpassed his, uh, career game started. I mean, He's he's tied with it at 16. I mean, that's how little he's played in net. So one more game, and he's he's got a new career game started. Uh, I I think Comrie can work really well if you use him right, and this might be the way to do it, but next year may be a completely different thought process. Anyone else? Eric oh. Comrie? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll step in here real quick. Uh, Eric Comrie, again, it, it's it's nothing special what he's doing. It's it's that the Sabres, you know, def- defense played played a well a, a well put game in, in front of him. Uh you mentioned the stats standard, like what, uh five medium danger chances, three high danger chances. Yeah. Nothing crazy like they they weren't uh, you know, giving up too many uh, you know, bad looks for Comrie to face. Uh the, you know, the saves that Comrie were making they were easy saves. He wasn't giving up bad rebounds. He was making uh, what it looked to be just for routine saves because the Sabres defenders were clearing clearing guys out of the shot lane, letting Comrie see the puck, letting him you know get his glove and his blocker and anything else he needs to you know get the puck with ready. Um, and he was just doing that all night long. Yeah, I mean 
you know, he made a great save here and there. Uh, he made the one, I'm trying to remember when it was, but he made that one phenomenal save. But, you know, goalies are going to need to do that once or twice a game. I mean, that's just the name of hockey. Not everything's going to be perfect. Um, and, and Comrie did that. Um, did he play great? I, I wouldn't say he played great, but I think he played well well enough for what we need. Um, the Sabres don't need a great goaltender. We just need solid enough goaltending. I mean, this is a team that, you know, that's scoring what it seems like we're scoring 14 goals a game some nights. Like, <laughs> like we don't need to have, you know, Linus Allmark out there right now um, for for this season's standards. But, um, you know, we just need well enough goaltending. And, and you know, on most nights, I, I think Comrie's given us you know, decent performances, and I think the defense helped him out a lot this past game. I'm still an uh, Uko Pekka Lukin and Homer, but I love me some Eric Brick, some Eric Comrie. Little sidebar, my uh, parents, or well, my dad and stepmom, they just fostered three dogs over the weekend until they get adopted, and I said to my dad, you should name one Uko for Uko Pekka Lukin, and he's like, and they got three of them, so he's like, I'm going to call one Uko, one Pekka, and one Lukinen because I can't remember their names. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, any other comments, jokes, before we head to break? So when your dad's good, you like you yell for the dogs. Or just in the middle of a game, Uka Pekka Lukanen's in net. And he's going to go, Uka Pekka Lukanen! All the dogs just come <laughs> rushing at him. <laughs> I don't know if my dad watches Sabre games like that. But if he ever does on a night where Lukanen's in net and we still have the dogs, I imagine that's a, a likely scenario. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the Sabres' upcoming games against the Edmonton Oilers and the New York Islanders as well. So stick around for that. You are listening to The Blitz on 91.3 FM WBNY. Eggs plus if dire hey uh. <laughs> Eggs plus if dire hey uh. Oh, explosive diarrhea. <laughs> that was Owen Power and our favorite Sabres goaltender, Uko Pekalukinen, playing a game of incoherent last week. <laughs> and I figured, what better segue than that to talk about the Sabres versus the Edmonton Oilers. Welcome back to the Blitz, everybody. I'm Tanner Saunders, joined by Dan Dale, Frank the Tank, Lopez, and Joe Kelly, who now has unfettered access to mic number two I since we, uh, we ditched Evan Harrington. You don't but have to right. share anymore. That's right. No, I'm going to be 100% wholeheartedly honest here. I thought that was a spot that was playing when you when you intro <laughs> that. I'm like, who authorized this to play over the air? I authorized like, it because I'm a host. <laughs> no, oh that was God. not a spot, although I would not complain if it was. No. That would be one, one heck of a spot. But yeah. anyways, Sabres versus Edmonton. I just want to put it out there that the Sabres are tied with the Seattle Kraken for the fewest points that Connor McDavid has scored against any team in his NHL career. He scored 12 points against both teams, although he's played 12 games against the Sabres compared to only six against the Seattle Kraken. So he's averaging two points per game against the Kraken and only one against the Sabres. And the Sabres are only one of two teams to hold McDavid to a point-per-game average or less. Obviously, I just mentioned he scored 12 points, four goals, eight assists in 12 games, a point per game on the dot. The only other team that's, hold, that's held him to fewer in his career is actually the St. Louis Blues. He has 18 points, seven goals, 11 assists in 21 games against the Blues, or 0.86 points per game. So I guess the Sabres just own McDavid. I guess so. It's a good stat. This Connor McDavid sucks. <laughs> Key statement, put it out in bold, put it on all the the letterheads of the NHL. The blitz says Kyrie McDavid sucks. 
Well, against the Sabres well, well, well. In, in small print. Dan from the Blitz says Connor McDavid sucks. We don't. We don't. Dan from the Blitz him. has steaming hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> that that's what needs to go out. Yeah. Well, if uh, Connor McDavid has a five point night tonight, including four goals, we know what the catalyst was. <laughs> oh come on, guys! Don't play me. This will make it in some type of like Watch Mojo compilation one day. Top ten audio clips before disaster. <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, uh, one thing I want to talk about with this game is the line combinations because Sabres fans are, were freaking out this morning as they have a tendency to do because of the line combination. So obviously line number one, you've got Skinner, Thompson, Quinn. Okay, that's not the issue. We just talked about why that's a good thing. Then on the second line, you've got Middlestat, Cousins, Hinnestroza. You know, Middlestat, obviously, he's been throughout the past month and a half one of the better players on the roster. And Hinnestroza, we just talked him up in the last segment, so that's not really the issue either. Then on the third line, you've got Paterka, Krebs, Olofsson, but then the fourth line is where people started losing their minds. You've got the newcomer, Jordan Greenway, Gergensons, and Oposo. Everyone's freaking out about uh, Tyson Jost not being in the line, well, being an extra skater, not being, you know, in any one of the uh, the lines. Apparently, according to Granado, he's been nursing an injury, and with uh, Jordan Greenway coming into the lineup, this gave Jost the opportunity to rest a little bit. So what are your guys' thoughts on that, taking Jost out of the lineup? Personally, I am siding with Granado on this. I mean, if that's the case and Jost is nursing an injury, then, you know, He's played his rear end off this year. He deserves, you know, a little bit of a break to rest up. I mean, everybody's dealing at this point with some kind of nagging injury. So I really don't have a lot of a problem with this. I actually kind of like the greenway Gergensen's Apostle line. I feel like he might fit in well there because I feel like they all kind of play like, you know, a simple, straightforward kind of game. And for a guy that's, you know, playing his first game tonight, that could uh, benefit him. So what do you guys think about Joe not being in the lineup? I... I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I think he's played very frequently throughout the season. You know, giving him a little rest day here, not a bad not a bad move. I mean, players, like we said, it's not about skill or anything like that. It's about experimentation, seeing who works where and whatnot. And if you have an extra player who's been playing frequently and you got to give him a rest day, you got to give him a rest day. I don't see it. It's not that deep. I don't see him as any, it as any deeper than that, personally. But So... I, I, I would like to make a compar- uh, a comparison about this whole situation with uh, Sabres coming out as day-to-day or resting an injury with Joe Stillman and, uh, I believe... Who Sammy? Is- yeah, and uh, Samuelson. You know what the Eagles did back in the, I believe, divisional round? They kept Jalen Hurts a secret. And, and why was that? Oh, because then the team they're facing has to prepare for not only uh, Hurts, but for Gardner Minshew. What, what if Granado's playing a little game with us here? What, what, if, he, yeah. what, what if he is? You know, back to back, you know, today, tonight we got the Oilers, tomorrow we got the Islanders. I, I mean, uh, one thought process is is that he's lying about the injuries to keep them fresh and says they're injuries for a reason to scratch them. So it's not like they're healthy and then it's like, who knows if they're going to play against the Islanders? Who knows? I don't know. I, I, I My medical staff tells me that. 
I, I just think this is a way to say, hey, we need to rest these guys just because we know some of our guys are going to be tired tomorrow. So, like, let's get some of the guys who haven't played in a while or not as much, like a Bryson or a Clegg, out there tonight. Give Greenway his his first uh, new line, his his intro to the Sabres, and uh, leave Hannah Strozer where he is because, you know, you want you want the other teams to think, hey, you got Hannah Strozer on the second line. That won't change, right? Right? I don't know. I Wrong. think it's a little game. I I, <clears throat> I I I just think it's a little game. Granado's playing here, and he's he's saying that the injuries are day to day, or he's nursing this when it's just trying to maybe throw teams off of what to prepare for. Frank the Tank, I saw you uh, nodding your head when I was in the midst of my uh, spiel there, but what are your thoughts on this, on Joe's coming out of the lineup? I mean, yeah, after coming off last game, having a decent game, and if he really is nursing an injury, there's I don't see no problem taking him out of the lineup, especially with the Ocposo and um, Greenway coming in to fit that fourth line. So I, I don't think it's too much to worry about. If you see him out against Dallas this Thursday, then maybe you can start worrying a little bit if if really is like that injury is more than uh, we think it is, or Granado's playing his little game like Dan said. But uh, I'm fine with him being out of the lineup for right now. Yeah, I don't mind it either, but Sabres fans were going bonkers on Twitter. <laughs> Even Evan come in here and was, was going off about it. Like, why would you take a Jost out of the lineup and not scratch Olafson? But I just, I don't think. It's it's one game. Like, Try not to, to read into it too much now. Yeah, it's not that deep. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The other thing about this game here is the D pairs, which I believe are still not known yet because uh, Dan, you alluded to it. Matias Samuelson and Riley Stillman both out. Both are considered day to day with upper body injuries. So my question to everyone is this: Do you roll with the uh, with a power Darlene combo against McDavid's line because? Yeah, the other D pairs are probably going to be rough if they do that as a result with us being, you know, shorthanded and all that. But do you really want Yoki or Lubushkin on the ice as McDavid at the same time? So what do you guys uh, think about that? Well, you know, there's there's always like, oh, are they hiding the defensive pairs? No, this is not game. Um, uh, but, you know, I, I usually look at dailyfaceoff.com, you know, search up the Sabres line for the night in case of something isn't known. And what they have is a little interesting. And this may be the lines tonight. Darlene's with Clegg, Powers with Yoki Haru, and then Bryson's with Labushkin. So, I even if I didn't know or have an estimate of those lines, I wouldn't want a Darlene power line. I just wouldn't. I, I wouldn't want to limit the Sabres in any way and put your two best uh, defenders on the same line together and let the second and third line suffer. Um, you know, I, I I know the third line you can't really do much about because right. we don't really have a third best guy. But you you can't have Clegg and Yoki Haru together or Bryson and like none of that sounds good. No. None of that sounds good. Kind of leaves a bad taste that. in your mouth when you say it. You know? Right? It's like. Now there's two defensive pairings that McDavid may be able to score against. Like, at least with Darlene and Power, 
I'm like, okay, at least there's somebody who's always guarding McDavid and at least has shown that they can guard and defend well. Bryson's an iffy on off. You know, he, he does have He could all yeah, you're right. He's got good games, but he could poop his bed too. Right. Yeah, and like you know, he's the worst defenseman on the team in the sense of points for or in in points and plus and minus. And I know Evan has said multiple times to me, plus and minus doesn't matter. But when you're looking at who is the worst and who is allowing the most goals, Jacob Bryson is at the top. Oh, yeah. No, there's no question about that. I think, truthfully, what we're missing here, we have Power and Dalene. If we could have three or four four more of them, just sprinkle them throughout the defense, that'd be perfect. You know, you know? I would I, I would say just if Power and Dalene play the whole game together. Yeah, come on. Come on. Be better. Be better. Play the whole game. Uh you know, I, I, I would almost argue if we want to go to that third great guy, put Samuelson on his own with somebody else. Don't have him with Dalene anymore. I wouldn't mind that, actually. I, I, I mean, that's the, that's the thought because if Samuelson has done really well in, in some games. Yes, he's had his rough moments, but the Sabres win when Samuelson is out there. It's a proven fact. It's a proven stat. Um you know, when he got injured, that's when they went on the eight-game losing skid. Um, so, I I don't know why not give Samuelson a chance with maybe somebody with uh, a Labushkin or a Yoki Haru. I wouldn't mind it. Any uh, any other thoughts on that, on the, the D pairs? And also, what line do you stick against McDavid's? I honestly think you go against... Or do you stick the Greenway Gergensen's Oposo line against McDavid's? Because at the very least, they can at least kind of rough them up a little bit and and be physical with them. But uh, I'll open the floor to to you guys once again on that. Any other thoughts on the D pairings? And then what line do you stick against McDavid? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We just we don't have depth, right? That's the scary thing about the D pairings. We have Darlene and Power, and Samuelson has been looking very good. Right? There's no question about that. But once you start sprinkling down, you know, into the the third pairing, you're like, oh God, what is this? It's a dumpster fire. Like that that's what's happening. Like like we get lucky some games that they show up, but most of the time, let's just I mean, put it how it is. I mean, they're 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 asleep in their bed. They're not even at the game, like at that point. It, it seems. And they especially against high powered offenses and players, like, you know, we see say say against like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, right? We won the first time against them, and we lost the next two, right? If I'm correct on that. And our defense just couldn't keep up. They were playing too fast. And our style of offense warrants turnovers. Like, that's just what happens. And when it's turned over, you don't have a defense to stop unless you're on your first line. you got to get lucky out there. So I think that's just overall on the defensive pairings. It's just I like what Dan said about Samuelson. I don't think that would be a bad move. Uh, Power and Darlene. I, we just have too many left-shot defensemen, I think. that That's truthfully it at this point. I mean, the whole thing with Chikorin, yeah, okay, be cool to get a veteran guy back there, but he's a left-shot defenseman. So it just makes no sense to me. So I think we just need more depth on the defense. That, that's truly all I can say at this point because I think whether we make the playoffs or not, that's the hindrance of the team right now. That and consistent goaltending on all aspects of the game. I would probably agree with you, Tanner, on the greenway Gergensen opposal line going against McDavid. And the only reason I say that is probably Greenway has the most experience out of everybody on this team yeah. against McDavid. And Akposo's a vet. 
Well, not only that, but Pozo is kind of like, he can be rough when he wants to. Yeah. And fastest skater in the NHL right there. And I there. think you need you you need somebody to throw McDavid off their game because you know, you're you're either going to get killed by McDavid who it can kill you really hard and get like 6 points a game or you can get slowly killed by Leon Draisaitl. I don't know. I I'd want it done fast if it's happening, I feel like, you know. <laughs> uh, but I I definitely would think Greenway against McDavid might be the way to go. Is Connor McDavid non-binary now? Dan just said you got to find somebody to throw McDavid off their game. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, that's terrible. I just I, I had to say that. But, oh, man. Uh, all right, let's uh, shift the focus because the Sabres got a back-to-back coming up. After you know we take care of Edmonton, then we got to you know go against the Islanders, and we uh, we made them our babies the last time we played. Dylan Cousins hit that uh, game winner in overtime on Ilya Sorokin, but this is a pretty uh, big game too. I believe we have four. Four games in hand over the Islanders. They sit at 72 points. We sit at 68. So, Dan, you're the one that pitched uh, pitched talking about this to me. So, go ahead. The floor is all yours, mate. Yeah, no. I mean, the games in hand is a big thing to have. And I know some people don't like it in the sense of, well, these are just games we haven't played yet to catch up to them. But in the sense of you looking at the Islanders and staring them down for that last playoff spot, because they're going to be overlapped by Pittsburgh any day now. It, it, it's just, it it has to happen for the Sabres to make the playoffs. Uh, Pittsburgh has to be the one. Or even we drop, jump Pittsburgh, but that's kind of looking somewhat bleak. Um, but the games in hand, to have them, is a huge thing to have. Because... Then you kind of get to dictate what games do you play that the Islanders do not? What nights do you play when the Islanders do not? What games are bigger than they should be? Or or bigger because you know of that. You know, not bigger than they should be. Every game is big. Um, but, like, tonight is a big game in the sense of the Islanders don't play tonight. The Islanders get a rest and they play us tomorrow. That means we're one game back with them. You know, we're we're down to three games. You win this game, and you're like, oh, my God, there's an actual chance if we win tomorrow, we jump the Islanders, which is huge to think about because we've been thinking about this for, the re- like, this whole year of, like, playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. There's a push. There's an actual chance. And to actually now have the chance if you win tonight – is so huge in different ways because not only will that bring down the Islanders for the rest of the season, but that will also bring ourselves up in the sense the fans will be back into it because I know that Evan and Joe, even while you guys were there at the games, there are still a lot of empty seats. Oh, yeah. The 50-50 was at nine grand for quite some time. And I mean... I know I shouldn't gauge attendance off of that, but there were there were some definitely some holes in the audience there. So it's like if you get into that spot where you feel where where everybody starts to feel like, well, you just jumped the Islanders and you have three games in hand on them. 
That's the biggest thing. That's how much you you are starting to promote. You are going to sell things. People are going to show up. You will become one of the most successful franchises that uh, or one of the most successful years this franchise has seen in a decade. I I mean, Dan, you sound excited. Why couldn't I be? I want to go to the playoffs, Joe. I want to go to the playoffs. That's then you got to believe it can happen, baby. You got to believe it can happen. But it all starts tonight. If the Sabers win tonight, there's no doubt in my mind because we face the Islanders twice this month, and they're both on ESPN. Hate ESPN. Just just in the sense of when the Sabers <laughs> play on them, it's not good. Uh, well, Stephen A. Smith knows ESPN. a lot about uh, hockey too. Oh, so, does he? Big hockey guy. Yeah, big hockey guy. Yeah, he knows the pucks. He knows is. the pucks black. Know the that's puck what he said. Black and yeah. That's it. I, I mean, that's that's really in depth knowledge. And you know, Gary Bettman's also his best friend. You know, so <laughs> that's his I, guy. <laughs> so Stephen A's got to know something about hockey. It was also funny how much after that happened. ESPN started to ship out all the NHL stuff. Yeah. All the NHL videos. The Very promising future. future. The next day, just some Rangers post about Patrick Kane, and it was, everyone was just Then they did, like, a power rankings, which they've never done before. Never. I, I, I mean, they, they, <laughs> it is so funny in the sense that your top show on ESPN, which it is your top show, Stephen A. is very well known. He, he has a great social media presence. I, I mean, to have him say that and, like, disregard NHL when you are, like, majority network owner of the NHL. Gary Bettman was calling ESPN and said, what the heck was that? What was that? Disney pays $400 million a year for the NHL in their content. And you know just say it, the hockey pucks are black. Right. Like, yeah. like what are we doing here? I mean, <laughs> I could do even, a better job than that. Like. It, and it's even worse to think about it in the sense that, you know, ESPN doesn't promote the NHL. Terrible. And, and you know, that has become a very well-known fact. But they are your, your highest-paying network after Bally Sports, who is now going bankrupt. So you are losing money, basically, because the ESPN does not do their job correctly and have their... Um, people informed on what they should be talking about or even mentioning it you know because NHL is in a top four sports here it's just you know all you need is baseball football basketball or whatever you can find on the street and baseball barely right now it yeah. seems like so it's like they even mentioned baseball was like out of this world because it was like wow people still like you know there, there's been a lot baseball. of hate on baseball lately and um, to to have it like NHL even fall even more, and, and that clip has gone viral, viral, and, and a lot of people have gotten ticked. A lot have, and it, it makes sense. But as ESPN, you gotta do better. You you gotta do better, and you know that starts with taking the Sabers off ESPN so we can play better and win some dang, dang games. Whoa, Dan. Yeah, Dan. yeah, yeah. Hey, hey. Dump, 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 dump. Yeah, he's getting passionate now. We're G here, Dan. Come on. That's right. Talk about pet. I know. Tanner was telling oh me God. we're a kid <laughs> show now. That's right. We're 13 a, plus. Well, yeah, PG-13. PG-13. So, hey, watch the, watch the, the language there, Dan. Yeah. All right. 
Jeez. Oh, Joe, did you want to add something? I was there? gonna say, talk about passion. You should listen to this guy trash the Sabers. I mean, <laughs> a couple couple episodes ago, my God. Oh yeah, thanks. that was something. Let me tell you, boy, how the turns have tabled, haven't they? Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll shift gears a little bit, talk about the NFL because it's everybody's favorite time, the off season, and there's some some things going down. Like Frank's uh, his friends in the NFC South, they they did a thing. So we're gonna talk about that thing. thing when we come back. You are listening to the Blitz on ninety one point three. FMWBNY Buffalo, Buffalo's original alternative since 1982. Brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Activity Fee. We'll be right back after a word. Can you, get, can you guess this one? Do you think you can get this one? That's, it. <laughs> that's really good. Oh, yeah, that's correct. That's really good, actually. I give him a little more hair than he actually has. But... Maybe Darlene? Ooh, Peck and Lucanin? I can see it. <laughs> I can see it. Yeah, how could you not tell? <laughs> that was uh, the Sabres players reacting to drawings that uh, kids from the Persistence Preparatory Academy drew for them, but. Uh, we're not talking hockey anymore. We're done talking hockey. Let's talk some football because the NFL offseason is going down. It's in its infancy, but there's been some moves made. Particularly, I mentioned Frank, your uh, NFC South foes, the New Orleans Saints. They they did something. They did a thing, and that thing was uh, bring on Derek Carr. He has joined the Saints on a four-year deal to back up Jameis Winston. I'm just kidding, obviously, but uh, <laughs> Winston will likely be a cap casualty. If released, it would free up $4.4 million, but incur an $11.2 million penalty. If he was given a post-June 1st designation, it would free up $12.8 million, but obviously those uh, savings would not come into effect until after June 1st. And my initial thoughts to this deal, I got to say, does the salary cap even exist? The Saints treat the salary cap like it's a social construct. I mean, they're $18 million over the cap, but they still found a way to give Derek Carr a four-year, $150 million contract, $60 million guaranteed at signing. But uh, considering the fact, I think this makes the Saints the presumptive favorite in the NFC South for the moment, given the quarterback situations of the other teams in the division. I mean, you look at the Falcons, you've got Desmond Ritter going into his sophomore season. You know, he showed flashes last year. You also have Logan Woodside, the Bucks. Kyle Trask, who has only nine regular season pass attempts. The Panthers have Matthew Golden Corral and Jacob Eason. Corral missed pretty much all of last year with a list Frank injury, and Eason's only attempted 10 regular season pass attempts. So given the context that this probably makes the Saints the presumptive favorites in the division as it stands right now, I think that's a move that you have to make. But Frank, I want to start specifically with you because, you know, you have a vested interest in this since you're a Buccaneers fan. What are your thoughts on this uh, this move to acquire Derek Carr? Listen, the NFC South is fine. It's still Kyle Trask season for the Bucs, and they're going to win the NFC South. What I'm upset about is that I think this is going to come back and Derek Carr in the old rear end. <laughs> How so? You look at the Saints. Mm-hmm. They're a fine team, seven and ten. But I think he made a mistake by choosing them and not the Jets. Legitimately, you really. Look at, you look at the team that the Jets have all season long. What was the saying? With the quarterback, yep, they can make a very deep playoff push. Mm-hmm. Look at the Saints. Michael Thomas. I know he restructured. I know he seems excited. But he can't stay on the field. He can't. You're now your new number one is Chris Olave coming off a great rookie season, but can he keep it up? Alvin Kamara, who is, I think, possibly be suspended. We don't know yet. 
and then Mark Ingram is still there. That offense is not ex- uh, explosive, as the Jets' uh, offense is. So I think he made a mistake doing that. If it was for the money, good for him. Go get the bag. <laughs> <laughs> but if Secure you, the bag. If he really wants to win a championship like he wanted in Vegas, I think the Jets was the best opportunity for that now and in the future. Because yeah. if you just look at both teams, even defensively, you have Tyron mm-hmm. Matthew coming off what was a huge uh, regress year for him. Cam, uh, Cam Jordan, he doesn't big regress year. It's still him, but it's still not looking the same. You go both teams. I think he made the mistake by choosing the Saints and not going to uh, to the Jets. All right. Yeah, I would uh, agree with you there, Joe. Um, I think the Jets are more interested in someone else. I think that's why that decision was not made. Mm. Uh, They're more interested in the darkness. Yeah, yeah. precisely. The dark entity himself, A-Rod. They're not going to the dark side. They're bringing the dark side to them. Exactly. It's like basically you're drafting Darth Vader. Or like, like that, That's what's happening at this point. And I understand. I get it. Like Derek Carr probably should have gone to the Jets because he's younger. Um, and the Jets are only finding a... I would say a temporary fix to their quarterback issue by going after an older guy like yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but I bring him back Nathaniel Hackett. There's no question that that's kind of what they're they're going for at that point. I mean, just the rumor mill that's been swirling him going on the darkness retreat, and then I think honestly the Hackett thing solidified it in a lot of people's minds. Uh, once we knew the Saints were interested in Derek Carr, everyone looked at that as a very likely landing place for him. I feel like for the past couple of weeks that's all that's been really talked about um there's uh there's some other ones out there like lamar to the commanders like all this stuff going on so this this is already getting interesting fast i don't know i think i set it off the air i think Jameis winston's going back to the bucks <laughs> i uh, think it's a legit you look at the uh, cap that we have we restructure a few contracts i'm sure i mean we restructure for tom i'm sure if we bring Jameis back there's a lot of guys that play with him how about uh, this we trade you the Bills trade you Case Keenum for Leonard. Or, well, they're actually both free agents. Never mind. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that that doesn't that, that doesn't work. Uh, you just say Leonard, Ford, Leonard Fournette might listen to this. Listen He's to this. Free, he, you don't just listen. Listen to what these people are saying. Okay, hang on. I screenshotted this because it was so absurd. Mm. <laughs> okay, so the Bleacher Report thinks yes. they're smart, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Buffalo Bills named the best fit for running back Leonard Fournette hmm. with the addition of Leonard Fournette. Buffalo can preserve quarterback Josh Allen's health. That's okay. That's why any good running back can do. Precisely. And why is Leonard Fournette the best fit here? Why can't James Cook work? Like, why are people forgetting about that? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't know. If Leonard Fournette comes here, I swear I'm getting a number seven jersey, hanging it up in my backyard, and just lighting fire to it. <laughs> like, like that's that's what's happening because we don't need a running back. Wow. We but, have we have Naheem Hines. We have James Cook. Stop. Stop. But, stop. But playoff Lenny in Buffalo. That would be a like playoff shady. He didn't show up. You know what I mean? Like it was just like it's same deal, same deal. Uh, it's like adding Frank Gore in his last season in the NFL. Like that's what's going to happen. And it's just why the dude was wearing taped up soccer cleats from the 1940s. You know, like it's just, I don't know. Sorry, I went off on a tangent. Dan or whoever wants to talk nice, we'll get into that in a little bit. But you got any? Oh yeah, here we go. Uh oh. Oh boy, the king. It's coming. It's coming. Oh no, we got to save that. Oh no, we got. <laughs> Congratulations, New Orleans. You went from mediocre to mediocre. Yeah! Dan, that's the best take you've had in your life. I would say (laughs) 
in recent wow. memory, that is... Maybe the, the best take in front of you, Frank. Absolutely. Oh, uh, the... Tanner, let's recall, actually, while, well, since he just said that, what is the best take we've heard? Oh, jeez, we can do this later. <laughs> I, it's, it's tough to recall in memory, I will say that. Let me think Not about a lot that. of source material. Let that one marinate. Yeah. Uh, but, man, Saints, congratulations. You went from the, the ginger commander to Derek Carr. <laughs> Uh, you know, I I don't think that was an upgrade at, by any means. I I mean, now you're giving Derek Carr without Michael Thomas, most likely, because I believe Michael Thomas is a free agent uh, this year, so he's on the market. Your your most experienced wide receiver is Chris Olave, who's going into his second year. Who who knows if he's going to hit a sophomore slump or not? And then you got what Taysom Hill? Wow! What? Oh, oh! Who else is there? Rashid Shahid, Marquise Callaway, Jarvis Landry, the Traquan Smith. <laughs> Jarvis Landry is one of the dirtiest players in the NFL. <laughs> Don't I want you, Jarvis when Landry? He, when he played for Miami, agent. remember when he played for Miami? Oh my God, that Tannehill Landry connection yeah. was a dream. You mean when Tannehill ducked it behind him for thirty <laughs> yards, just rolled backwards? Yeah. But New New Orleans did. This is nothing super surprising. Overpaying for a, a quarterback. Uh, yeah, they got a lot in draft capital from trading their head coach, though. Yeah. So you, you uh, know, well, well, former head coach, former head uh, coach. But you know, I I would like to say Dennis Allen is not Sean Payton. This is not Drew Brees and Sean Payton time. You'll probably make the playoffs with a playoff uh, with a regular season record of nine and seven. Or nine and eight, excuse me, nine and eight, uh, just because the rest of the teams will be just as bad. Sorry, Frank. No, it's fine. Just you know, Kyle Trask season. (laughs) (laughs) All right, don't do not let it be forgotten that it is Kyle Trask season down there in Tampa Bay. Now, Joe, you gave me a pretty decent segue there, talking about the Bills don't need a running back. I I heard that you say that in my head, and I thought, well, maybe (laughs) once we uh, we talk about this particular uh, news article, you say Bijan Robinson. No, that maybe you might uh, take a less hardline stance on that. Okay. Oh, Dan knows where I'm going. Yes, this is exactly what I was hoping for. Oh, he's the, up. He's up. I know where he's going too. The Go. Titans are listening to offers apparently for Derrick Henry, and this is not you know absurd because the Titans are moving into the rebuilding phase. They have offloaded some veterans this offseason already to clear cap. They just released Bud Dupree today as well. So trading Henry while he has value makes sense per Spot Track. The Titans would free up six point two million if you trade him prior to June 1st they would incur a 10.1 uh, million dollar dead hit but teams who acquire him would have to pay him one year 11 million dollars for one season so uh, Dan you know I'm going you know where I'm going with this if there's one offense you wanted to see Derrick Henry on what would it be He's gonna start- don't you dare be sour clap for your new Buffalo Bills running back Derrick the King Henry! Oh my gosh. I'm getting the reverb. There's an echo in this studio right now. Oh, Lord. That's what I'm talking about. That was the type of thing I needed to hear. But uh, <laughs> you guys, you th- Derek Henry, trade. Would you like to see him in a Bills uniform? Oh, even I a t- love it. Or a Buccaneers uniform, so, although the cap probably wouldn't allow for it. But. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. That is the one trade that I'd be okay with for a running back. Everyone's saying pick Bijan Robinson in the first round. 
No. You should no, not be a Bills no. fan anymore. Go home. <laughs> Don't ever go to a game again if you think that's a good idea. It's not smash mouth football anymore. Draft offensive line and wide receivers, okay? Then we realize, oh, Motor, his contract's up and we don't want to resign him, right? Mm-hmm. We've got two pass-catching running backs in Naheem Hines, who I think will take Isaiah McKenzie's place as the gadget role this season, and then James Cook, who's, yes, a pass-catching back, but he can also blow through the line if he gets an open hole, right? But we don't have an offensive line for that. So who's built like a linebacker and can run faster than a car in a school zone? <laughs> Derrick Henry. And I, I just... I like it so much. If I saw him pop that 80-yard touchdown from the 20-yard line, just boom, off of a punt, oh, my God, I think I'd freak out. That, to me, if we had Josh Allen, right, who's a tank runner by himself and he's a quarterback, and then Derrick Henry, the power runner, just blasting through lines, that would be, honestly, offensively, the passing game would become less of an issue because we'd have a decent running game yeah. to go, fall back on, you know? Hey, you want to sit and run, you know, two high shell coverage yeah. against us all yeah. game? Well, deal with Derrick Henry then. Try and uh, try and deal with him with a light box. And yeah. if you do max protection pass coverage, use him as a blocker. Uh-huh. That dude's a tank. He's going to block someone. Him, Reggie Gilliam, Dawson Knox, Quentin Morris all blocking. And then you get deep balls out there. Oh, my God. If they run a blitz, you're, Miami's done. Their one game plan against the Bills blitzing every play, like the 12-year-old running Mike Will Blitz in Madden 13. Yeah. It's just it, you can't do it anymore if you had that. And I, I think Derrick Henry, if we had the cap space, if we have the cap we space. We have the cap no, space, Joe. The cap space is there. Yeah. I mean, I if think, the Saints can be $18 million over the cap and give a quarterback $150 million with right. frickin' $70 million guaranteed, then we should be able to pull $11 million out of our rear end. Well, I think it would help Ken Dorsey as well, right? Because mm-hmm. McDermott kind of was with both, we found out, right? Like, he was kind of supervising both the offensive calls and the defensive calls. He's going to be the primary defensive caller this season. That's what it sounds like. They're not going to get another defensive coordinator. It's going to be McDermott, which I'm excited for because he's very aggressive. If you watch his old Carolina footage yeah. when he was the coordinator, he was very aggressive on defense, which that's what Brandon Bean wants. He said he wants that sting to defense to the defense back. Mm-hmm. So I think McDermott will bring that. And then if we have a smash mouth offense along with you know Josh Allen dropping 90-yard touchdowns to Gabe Davis again like that Pittsburgh game, right. it's just... I don't know. It makes me feel fuzzy inside. Like it's just like it's already getting me excited for the draft and for all well, free agencies here. But if we see that happen, I'm telling you, you won't see me here for weeks. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna run run around the city. I don't. I don't know. I'm gonna do something. Just like screaming. it's just yeah, screaming at the top of my lungs. The Bills finally. Brandon Bean would be the guy to do it. I'm gonna be honest with you though. Like he he, he would be one to sign. He's not afraid. We signed Von Miller mm-hmm. right to all that money. We re-signed Diggs. Yeah. I mean. He's not afraid to make a move if he knows it's what this team's going to need to win. And I think we have players, like we said, we talked about the cap extravaganza a couple weeks ago, right? Mm -hmm. We have players who'd be willing to sacrifice a little bit and restructure their contracts to make sure this team wins, Josh Allen being one of them. So we can make we can make more cap space as well if needed. So I'm all for that. Sorry, I spieled again. But Frank, what, what do you yeah. think about him in a Bills or a Bucks uniform? If there's Bucks is out, it's fine. <laughs> but if there's one team that it's going to crown the king, it's going to be Buffalo. Yeah, he's right. entering what he's 29 now. This is the year that they start that all great running back starts to regress. Yep. Other than injuries, he hasn't regressed. No, mm. he, he just broke his ankle. Yeah, he is still the most dominant running back in the league. He has the speed still, and he's able to break through the um the D line. Like he is still a top three running back in the league for sure. 
Yeah. And you make that trade with the cap you have. I think finally everyone says, oh, well, you know, you don't win the Super Bowl in the offseason. You get Derrick Henry with the offense and defense that the Buffalo Bills have. The, the Buffalo Bills remain the number one team to go on and win the Super Bowl in my eyes. I, I would agree with that. I would also agree with that. I just If you just have a f- offense firing on all cylinders, you can't be stopped. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's holding me back is that just doesn't seem like a branded bean move to give up assets for a running back that's going into his 30s and that has a lot of mileage on him. But he's shown no signs of slowing down, to your point, Frank. So I mean, he you, looks like he's running in slow motion already, and he's still yeah. running 25 miles an hour. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like... <laughs> the stiff arm is still strong. I mean... Quarterback and running back who could stiff arm. Name a better dream team right there. Come on. That's what I'm saying, man. That would be that would be the Bills fans' dream right there. And who knows? It's a it's a possibility. It is it's more of a reality now than it was, say, maybe a couple weeks ago. But a couple other things going on in the NFL. The Cowboys tagged Tony Pollard, running back. That carries a hit of ten million dollars next season, which means for one, Dalton Schultz will hit free agency, among other players. He'll avoid a second straight tag. And it'll be interesting to see how the Cowboys are going to roll with uh, their their running back room, considering Zeke is set to make $16.7 million next season. You know, Jerry Jones was just ranting and raving the other day about how it's harder to put, you know, as good of a supporting cast around Dak now as they had, say, his rookie year because of the amount of money he's making. But at the same time, he's got $27 million tied into two running backs next season. That's just kind of funny. But uh, any uh, any thoughts on that? Good uh, struggle, Jerry Jones. I hate you. Praying on the Cowboys' downfall forever. Everybody prays on the Cowboys' path. downfall. No, Nobody likes the Cowboys, especially. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if we see Ezekiel Elliott being cut. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, is in the – because there's been reports that Zeke's done. His legs aren't there anymore. He's not having I mean, the power. Like he he doesn't have it anymore. He's just Jerry's just keeping him around because Jerry's like that. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it looked like that though this season. Tony Pollard ran circles around him this yeah. year. You yeah, know? really. So, I mean, it makes Zeke sense. was only the power back yeah. for yeah. the touchdown. So, Tony Pollard was the clear RB one this year, and it's yeah. not even close. Which is why it makes sense to franchise tag him, but doesn't really make sense to have $27 million tied up into two running backs. The Minnesota Vikings released Eric Kendricks, linebacker, which given the context of this offseason for Minnesota, that's not that shocking of a maneuver. It frees up $9.5 million in cap for them in an offseason where they came in negative $24 million in cap space. They have one of the worst cap situations in the NFL, but Eric Hendricks is a good player in his Vikings career. This is a guy that has 919 tackles, 15 sacks, 51 pass deflections, 9 interceptions, 4 forced fumbles, 6 fumble recoveries, 3 defensive touchdowns, he was a first-team All-Pro in 2019, potential Tremaine Edmonds replacement if he uh, departs in free agency, which at this point I ha- I am afraid is more likely than not. But maybe yeah. if the price is right, Eric Kendricks, future Tremaine Edmonds replacement. I think we have more than one future Tremaine Edmonds replacement on the docket. Uh, the Vikings just released their linebacker as well. That's who I'm That's talking about, Eric Kendrick. Yeah. Is that uh, why did I not hear the name? Is the real question there? <laughs> I, 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 you know what I mean? That, the that, selective that, hearing. The selective hearing. I, I thought I don't. I don't know what just happened there. I'm going to be honest with <laughs> you. Joe tried to make a better about? point, huh? Who did you think it was? Talking I thought you were just about? talking about. I, I thought we were still on the same. Joe just wanted I was to so make confused. a better point. I was like, what is happening?
happening right now. And then just like I'm gonna one up you. The better Jermaine Edmonds, Eric Kendricks. That's who we're talking. I thought about. you said Eric. What's his last name? Kendricks, right? Yeah. Did yeah. you think we're talking about said, Devin White? I thought you said Eric Hen- like Hendricks. Like that's why I I, I I knew his last name started with a K. I didn't know his first name, so it was like like that can't be it. But no, um, Eric Kendricks. Kendricks. Potential Tremaine Edmonds replacement. For Absolutely, the right price. I would I would look for that. Stefan Diggs uh, commented on that post too. What little, but yeah, little little uh, you know expressive emoji. Thinking emoji, and it's just I mean he's also an off season craze because it's like unfollow the Bills and follow the yeah. Dallas Cowboys. Like what is happening there? But no, I I think that'd be a huge that'd be a good replacement for Tremaine. Him and Edmonds together, I feel like that'd be a good good lockup duo right there. But also, if you're a Vikings fan, you're I'm worried. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're in this much cap H E double hockey sticks. Right. I mean, and now you have to go under and you just release one of the one of your best players on the defensive side. Yeah, they which just isn't want Justin Jefferson. Team. Yeah. That's all they want. That's all they care about. J Jets. All every game you played, it was down to I think like what, two points and you lost like I think if you're a Vikings fan right now and you look at everything whole there. It's not. I think their future is very bleak. I would agree with you there. They don't have a lot of outside of Justin Jefferson. They don't have a lot of young foundational players to uh, to build around on that roster. But Dan, uh, Eric Hendricks, future Tremaine Edmonds replacement, perhaps. Yeah, Eric Hendricks. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the big thing that you lose in the sense of going from Tremaine to Kendricks is the height. You know, Tremaine's six five, as tall as Allen. Kendricks is only six foot. That's about Matt Milano height. I believe either probably an inch or two. Uh, Milano's an inch or two taller. Um, But that's the big thing you lose. You don't have your big middle guy to, let's say, the tight end goes above you. You can't really make that pass because who's right there? A 6'5 giant who will just stretch (laughs) up and knock it down. Um, It's hard finding a replacement for a 6'5", giant, humongous man who has played really well. Um, And do I think Eric Kendricks will completely replace Jermaine? No. But in the sense that he could be a cheaper option, it could be the right way just in the sense that he's older he he kind of has the more experience to him. Um, it, it's just really if I if it was between Tremaine and Kendricks, I'm going Tremaine all day. Um, it, it, I don't care if I have to overpay Tremaine. Um, I I, I want to keep him for as long as I can with him being so young and so dominant. It can only get better year after year. Um, but Kendricks, good replacement, probably. Yeah, a couple other uh, news items from the NFL before we had to break here. The Rams are shopping wide receiver Allen Robinson. They have uh, nobody wants him. Yeah, given his agent's permission <laughs> to seek a trade, and LA is willing to pay a portion of his fifteen million dollar salary to facilitate a deal. Which is no surprise. He wasn't overly effective in the ten games he played for the Rams. The Rams are, you know, an aging team looking to clear cap and recoup some of the assets that they gave up in pursuit of their Super Bowl championship. They're also expected to release. Len- 
Leonard Floyd if they can't find a trade partner. Floyd has nine sacks in each of the last three seasons. The Jaguars are going uh, kind of crazy. They franchise tagged Evan Ingram, and Calvin Ridley was reinstated today. The Jaguars, man, they were pretty you know decent last year without Calvin Ridley, so they're going to be sick with another year next year with another year of added development for Trevor Lawrence um, and adding Calvin Ridley into that offense. The Arizona Cardinals will either trade or release Chosen Anderson if they can't find a, a trade partner for him, which would free up about $12 million in cap space. What do they give up for him? Like a fifth round pick? Nothing. Yeah. Pennies. Yeah. Pennies. I either, mean, either way, it's not a great look to it release was a, gamble, a guy after, after you... Uh, you gave up an asset for him, but uh, that's that's where they currently stand. And I, I I'm sorry, I couldn't even get over. I didn't know who chosen was for me. I was Robbie like, who? The man I was Anderson. like, who? Formerly known as Robbie, Robbie Anderson, Anderson, greatest he, Jets wide receiver of the 2010s. That's right. <laughs> I got so lost there. I was like, who are we talking? About? He did recently legally change his name to Chosen Anderson. The uh, Kansas City Chiefs have elected not to franchise tag left tackle Orlando Brown. The uh, The tag number was too high, so Brown could hit uh, free agency, which is pretty big for them. He's been a mainstay on that team for the past you know, two seasons, and it's possible they lose both their left and or they're starting left and right tackles from this past season in Orlando Brown and Andrew Wiley and... Is, am I missing anything else? You guys tell me. Am I missing uh, any other? Uh, Evan Ingram got tagged yeah, by the Jags. I said that. You know, you mentioned Chosen Anderson yep. as being shopped around. I think you missed, you know, the actual greatest wide receiver on the Cardinals, DeAndre Hopkins, also being shopped around. Uh, right. Yep, yep, yep. That's People a... wanted bu- him to come to Buffalo. I, mm, and I'm, I'm like, no, I'm good. Too old. Uh, yeah, you don't really too give old, up Too old, can't assets. stay on the field. And the whole Hale Murray thing, I mean, that's just like, that's <laughs> that tough, too. you know? I mean, he's a heck of a talent, but you just don't give up assets for a wide receiver on the wrong side of 30 that's had health yeah. issues. So. I have one question for you, gents, yeah. if that's okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have we have a good quarterback in Josh Allen. He's, he's you know, no, well, he's horrible, well-liked. Terrible. Not, not play-wise, Dan. Well-liked on the team. <laughs> well-liked in the community. Imagine if we had a quarterback like Kyler Murray who coaches hate. Playing COD every night? He could fit. He's up till 4 a.m. running Warzone Rebirth. Double XP weekend? Yeah, double XP weekend. No practice for him. You kidding me? And I like, what do you do in that situation? Like, if you have, if you've invested in this guy, you signed him, you know, and now you're one head coach is now coming in and have to deal with these repercussions. He's he's put himself in a very tough situation. No other team's gonna want him. Put him in timeout. <laughs> exactly. He's small. You gotta <laughs> unplug all the all the electronics. They, they tried know, writing it into somewhere. his contract. Yeah, literally, he's they... small. Has these not even like off the field issue. It's just like he's not watching tape. He's not preparing for the way that everyone else is. So it's like you have this quarterback who's supposed to be the leader of this team. He's put himself in a very weird situation where it's like no one's gonna respect you in the locker room. And it's just like no team's going to want to deal with that soon. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I'm going to defend Kyler Murray. I think some of it is organizational. Like, remember the NFLPA report cards that just came out, how the Cardinals are not exactly a great organization. (laughs) So I think, you know, Kyler 
shares some of the blame in that as well. I'm sure there's things that uh, that he could do better, but I think there's part of that for some reason in that organization. Some people have a disdain for Kyler Murray for some reason, and they're not exactly like a model organization. So you know, there's there's in every relationship there's two parties. So I don't think the Cardinals organization is completely without blame. Like throwing him under the bus like that and putting that independent uh, study clause in his contract that was just <laughs> that was totally unnecessary. Yeah, like. So it takes two to tango. I don't think it's all on Kyler Murray. He, I don't think he's as big as a, a finger pointer or a diva as uh, some of the reports that have come out of the Cardinals organization would make you believe. That's fair. Uh, yeah, that's definitely fair. To all right, we're going to take way. a short break here, and then when we come back, we're going to play a game. A game! Oh! Love right, the games. So stick around for that. You are listening to The Blitz here on 91.3 FM W... I can't find the cursor, BNY. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to The Blitz here on 91.3 FM WBNY Buffalo. We are back. The Blitz boys, Tanner Saunders, Dan Dale, Joe Kelly, Frank, the Tank Lopez, and we're going to play a game. Okay. A game. Love the game. All right. So this is this is a variation of a game that we played before on here, Frank. Before you joined the squad, but uh, you know we've done this with the NHL and with the MLB. Oh, jeez. So this is match the minor league team to their major league affiliate NBA edition. I am going to give you the name of an NBA G League team, and you have to match it to its NBA affiliate. And all right, Dan's. Pointing the screen my way just to you, make you, sure there's you gotta no, make sure you aren't cheating. No cheating going on. There so. is no cheating. I'm on. I'm. I'm doing. I'm, I'm on Canva. I swear. All right. <laughs> I swear. I'm, I'm absorbing another show today. I gotta make a design. All right. All right. So, so are we ready? Let's. I'll no, let you guys. More ready uh, than I'll ever be. I'll let you guys uh, put your heads together and I'll keep track for uh, all three of you as a team. Frank, I assume you'll probably be of much use to these guys because your NBA knowledge probably surpasses these two combined. So I, I'm a big fan of the G League is all I'll say. All right, there you go. So this is uh, right up your alley. Starting out, we'll start in the Eastern Conference. The first G League team, the Capital City Go-Go. Capitals, Go-Go? Yes, Capital City Go-Go. What kind of a name is that? That's not a name. Who is, that is the name. Before I'll explain the meaning Go-Go. behind the name, but Go-Go. who is their NBA affiliate? It's like just like a coach saying, Go! 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 And they're like, that's a great name. NBA affiliate. Let's go, Just Golden State Warriors. Let's just lay that out no. on the table. Eastern, Eastern Conference. Yes, that's your hint. And uh, the Warriors are the West. it's Washington, right? Washington. Did I hear Washington? You heard Capital City go. Capital, Capital City. City. Washington, D.C. That, that makes me think of the Wizards. Well, I was thinking Pacers are in the West, so never mind. Wait, Pacers <laughs> are. No, Pacers are. Pacers are in the East. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a go. What's a pace car? They drive really fast. Mm. Oh. oh. But I don't but know I'm what going they... off the location, which oh, who Capital knows? City. Yeah. But so it's, it's like. A... Oh, this <laughs> I don't know how many other places are called Capital City. Unless if you're in the capital. Could be the Hornets. Nope. Oh, no. My vote's for Washington. Yeah, I'll go Washington because it's the capital city. Washington. All right. You're locking in Washington Wizards? Yeah. yeah. Well, that is a good choice because Let's that go. is correct. So you guys get a point right there. The capital oh, yeah. city go-go Great job, boys. is the G League affiliate of the Washington Wizards. Now, since you guys were so enamored by the name Go-Go, 
The name alludes to the go-go music genre that emerged in Washington, D.C. in the mid-1960s to late-1970s, which uh, combines funk with R&B, heavy on offbeat percussion, and is often played late on weekend nights by local radio stations. Why did I think of, wake me up! Before you go, go. Because, Dan, I sang it. Did you not hear me sing it? No, I did not. <laughs> like, uh, you heard Hendrix and said Kendrick. Yeah, yeah. That All was right. rough. I, I still apologize for that. I don't know what. <laughs> I had a space out there. Maybe stroking out. I don't know. Something. One for one. Next team, the Cleveland Charge. Okay. It, it's got to be the Cavalier, right? Mm-hmm. What was it? Cleveland, Cleveland Charge. Charge. The Cavs. Oh, I mean. Yeah. It's if, if it's not, if it's if it's on the other side of the country, like some of these baseball ones, where I'm gonna freak. <laughs> Are you locking in the yes. Cleveland yeah. Cavaliers? Yeah. Good idea because that is correct. The Cleveland Charge are the G League affiliate of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Next, the College Park Skyhawks. College. College Park. Park. Where's Skyhawks? College Park? Is the question. Sounds like an Atlanta thing. Uh, I don't know. It feels like an Eastern thing just because of colleges getting their start. The Nets. Uh, uh, I'm going Nets. A lot of colleges, a lot of parks in Brooklyn. Yes. College Park. Come on. Around New New York. Yeah. Nets. Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets. All right. You're locking in Brooklyn Nets. Final answer. Yep. Absolutely. That is incorrect. Duh! Joe, come on. <laughs> I don't watch basketball. Would, I don't know. Joe ha- just full out rage. It would help if you knew where College Park was. College Park is located in Georgia, and the College oh. Park Skyhawks are the affiliate of the Atlanta Hawks. Oh, my God. You just Frank. said Atlanta. Frank. Listen, Trey Young is trash, all right? Oh. Oh. Excuse me. You know I'm a Hawks fan, right? Oh, I forget. Oh, you know now. <laughs> oh. Oh. There's some fire signals going on. Oh, that's just, I'm not even, we're not even going to go there. It's just continue moving along. All right, the next team, the Delaware Bluecoats. Delaware Bluecoats. Oh, I feel like Delaware, be... Washington crossed the Delaware. Is there another? No, <laughs> no. We, we already got, got wishing I Washington. Know, I know, Joe. I'm just saying. What about Charlotte? Is this not the AHO of the Columbus Blue Jackets? I mean, what is this? Uh, I, I would feel like it's... I would feel like it's Boston. Just kind of going with the Washington type no. feel. I think or like blue coats. You know, that's what I the think it's Charlotte. Were. I think it's Charlotte. Blue co- I, I think it's I, I think it's Boston. I don't think it's Boston. I think Boston's no. a little bit more. The Celtics the is going to be like close to it. Yeah. Okay. I think they're like the Irishmen or something. <laughs> uh, Look at the Irish. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm, I don't hate Charlotte. It's close in vicinity. Yeah, I'll yeah. go Charlotte, I guess. Other teams are down there, like on like that middle east part. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I think we go Charlotte I'm on cool, this one. I'm cool with Charlotte. All right, locking in Charlotte. Final answer. Yeah. All right, the wheels are starting to fall off. You're two for four. That is incorrect. The Delaware. I'm going to stop coats. leading the discussion. <laughs> <laughs> the Delaware Bluecoats are the G League affiliate of the Philadelphia 76. Oh, oh, I never thought of that. That actually makes so much sense. Yep. All right. Two for four. But you have the chance to get back on track here with the Fort Wayne Mad Ants. Fort Wayne Mad Ants. Mad Ants? Yes. Where's Fort okay, Wayne? I, 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 Texas? I, 
That's, That's up for you to guys be west. to decide. Oh, yeah. No hints, really. This is still east, right? That's the only you can say. Yeah, we're still in the Eastern Conference. That's hints. your hint. So it's not Fort Wayne. It's feel like it's a Fort Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne. Why does it feel like a Miami thing? I, Joe, if I gave you a hint on the location, it would give it away. Like oh, okay. I feel Eastern like Conference may, is all you get. It, it may straight up be a Miami thing. Doesn't like Florida have a lot of forts? I mean. We have St. Augustine and Fort, everything there, but like. <laughs> I mean, there's the Bucks, but I don't think Milwaukee has anything special that's like Fort. Oh, well, it could be weird it could because. Be, it could be like a dumb thing. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's hard. I don't Detroit? know. My vote's, my vote's for Miami. Depends what you two want. Uh. I'll hop on the train. I'll hop on the heat train. All right, Dan has talked in everybody into the Miami Heat. Final answer? I guess so. All right. Oh, for your last three. <laughs> he sounded so positive. So, the Fort Wayne Mad Ants are the G League affiliate of the Indiana Pacers. Oh. Fort Wayne, Indiana. Oh, no wonder. Dumb name with dumb, dumb name. Dumb name with dumb place. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for from Indiana. Yo, you think the sorry. name's dumb? The The name Mad Ants was voted for by fans in an online contest, and it also pays homage to General Anthony Wayne, who was a military leader during the American Revolution, who was nicknamed Mad Anthony. So. Okay, I'm sorry. America. There you go. <laughs> America. <laughs> America. America. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, All right, this one is a little weird because the team, the NBA affiliate, is in the Western Conference, but the uh, G League team is in the G League Eastern Conference. So this team is the Grand Rapids Gold, the G League team, the Grand Rapids Gold, and the their NBA affiliate is a Western Conference team. So Grand Rapids, Michigan. What's close to Michigan except Detroit? Well, it would be Wisconsin, which is Milwaukee Bucks. Still the East. But but he said that the G League's in the West. Oh, no, other or, way around. G League East, NBA affiliate yeah, in the West. Yeah, we're, we're thinking the wrong thing think, here. Um, I would almost go Golden State just in the weird, weird kind of like river thing. We got to think of this legit. Can you repeat it one more time? Gold. Just so I, because apparently I'm having hearing issues today. The uh, Grand Rapids Gold. Grand Rapids. Gold. Think about Golden it. Golden State. Gold, but. Grand Rapids. I think it's the team that's home to the future three-time back-to-back-to-back MVP, Nikola Jokic, on the Denver Nuggets. Oh, gold Nuggets nugget. are gold. Gold nugget. Nuggets. And they're also chicken, but clean. they're gold. I'll, I'll go with that. Yep, you convinced yep, me. Yep, I'll yep, go with yep, the Nuggets. Yep. All right. I got it. Are you locking in the Denver Nuggets? Yep. Final answer. I guess so. Dan, give yourself a pat on the back for convincing everybody that that was the correct answer. Because it is. The Grand Rapids Gold are... <laughs> Frank convinced everybody. Are, oh, well, yeah, Frank's like doing bad. the little finger I'm doing wave. my little Dikembe Matumbo. Yeah, my bad. Sorry, <laughs> I misspoke there. Frank, give yourself a round of applause for convincing everybody. Because I did nothing. That was yeah. You had him going the wrong way, Golden yeah. State. So. Well, I went with gold. <laughs> Frank, that one you took one for the team right there, but that is correct. The Grand Rapids Gold are the G League affiliate of the Denver Nuggets. The next team is the Greensboro Swarm. Are we back in the Eastern Conference? Yes. Okay. The G League team, as well as the NBA affiliate, are Eastern What's Conference. Greensboro? Greensboro. That sounds Carolina-ish. Yeah. And Swarm. And the Hornets. What's a Swarm? 
Orlando? No, no this I, is know, I know Orlando's, and it's it's dumb. Uh, I think this is I think this is uh this is the Hornets. I think this is Charlotte. Yeah, it's go Charlotte. Yeah. All right, we're locking in the Charlotte Hornets. I would guess so. That is correct. The Greensboro Swarm. We're back on it. We're back on it. Future NBA champs. Yes, they are the G League affiliate of future NBA champs. You heard it here first from Frank, the Charlotte Hornets. The Hornets president and COO Fred Whitfield said the name Swarm could also be used to reflect the passion for basketball in Greensboro. Quote, unquote, where fans gather in great numbers to support the game of basketball and show their excitement towards it. So now, next team. Sure. The Lakeland Magic. The Lakeland Magic. <sighs> okay, it's got to be the Orlando. Or it Orlando. could be the Wizards. because oh, We already, we said, already the said the Wizards. Uh, Don't you know the Orlando Magic listen, one? Listen, I'm a big Lakeland Magic guy. Jalen Suggs spent like a month there. It's absolutely the Orlando Magic. I'm down. Yep. Yeah, we don't even need any deliberation on that okay, one. Okay, good. It is correct. The Lakeland Magic, who you just said their name was stupid. It is a <laughs> dumb, dumb name. It is the Orlando Magic. Well, in keeping with names that you guys would probably consider dumb, the Long Island Nets. Oh, that's got to be Island the Nets. Brooklyn Nets. Oh, it's got to be the Knicks. What? No, it's the Brooklyn Nets. Like the... No, He's, Tanner's there's, messing there's with us. not there's not that much messing around. There's no, I guy. think I, I've done this it's, game twice. It's I'm going it's Brooklyn. Brooklyn. It's Brooklyn. I didn't know if Frank was being serious <laughs> with that reverse psychology there, but that is correct. It is the Brooklyn Nets that are the NBA affiliate of the Long Island Nets. Don't look now, but you guys are currently six for nine. Nice. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Next team is the Maine Celtics. The Maine Celtics. Well, Boston. Boston. Yeah. Boston. Right. Yeah. Final yeah. answer. We're shooting now 70% from the field. That is correct. You guys are on a bit of a streak now. I haven't uh, kept track exactly, but I know that you're streaking. Pause. That Pause. No. Right. You're on a, uh, a W streak here. Next team is the Motor City Cruise. Oh, Detroit Pistons. The Motor okay. City Cruise. Motor yeah. City. Motor City. That's Detroit. Yeah. It's Detroit. Yeah. There you go. 8 for 11 now. That is correct. Fellas are cooking with gasoline I have now. a Piston sweatshirt from being at that game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next team, Raptors 905. Raptors 905. Toronto Raptors. Well, there's a few teams you could go here with this. <laughs> but I is think that right? I think it's the Toronto Raptors. Joe, do you uh, sign off on that? Sign off. Well, that's I'll a good idea off. because that is correct. The Raptors 905 for the G League affiliate of the Toronto Raptors. Now, I'll throw you a little bonus point here. If anyone can tell me why the name is Raptors 905. Um, is it the highway that they take? No. Okay. I Area code. That is correct. Whoa. Joe. I know the three. It's. 305. That's Miami, and I just, you know what I mean? It's a 305. That's Pitbull, you know? Yeah, well, oh the 905 yeah. is Toronto. That is the area code used for the greater Toronto area. Yep. And also another little sidebar trivia here. Due to the uh, the possibility of tax and visa issues, before Toronto became the host city for the team, Rochester, New York, was considered as an alternative. Oh. That, would, that would have been weird. And the Raptors also became the first NBA developmental team based on foreign soil. Okay, question, though. Yes. Piggyback on that. Was were they was Rochester in contention for that when Buffalo had the Braves? No. no. Oh, okay. This was in 
90 something 80 no this is actually in the early 2010s oh yeah okay. then no way. no that, that that's what i was gonna say because maybe they were trying to get a rivalry going between new york you mm-hmm. know what i mean all they'd have all the teams on the east coast and then in western new york and then in central new york you know so yeah, it's a little hard to do that when the braves moved out of buffalo in like 1970s yeah something. yeah I'm right just, i'm just kidding joe just giving you a hard time the next team is the westchester knicks the Westchester New York Knicks. Knicks. They play at the White Plains Coliseum. It's the Westchester or New York Knicks. Yeah. That is. Yes, sir. There you go. Joe got the final stamp of approval. That is correct. Some of these will be layups, no pun intended. What's our What's our score right now? How Out of how many? We're, we're on five. Well, you're at uh, 10 of 13, but with that little 905 trivia, you're at 11 of 14 Dang. possible points here. The next team, the Windy City Bulls. The Windy, Windy City, City Chicago. Bulls. Chicago Bulls. Chicago. Yeah, it's got to be mm-hmm. Chicago. <laughs> that is correct. They're not very creative down the G League, are they? No. Like, the... Uh, the MLB, oh. the AAA affiliates, AAA. those were. Oh, we may do are, that again. Yeah, some of those were like white, like Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, like the Montgomery the Biscuits. Yeah, oh. we might be doing double A or single A. That's oh. we might be getting down in the deeps there. All right, so we got that. The Windy City Bulls with the Chicago Bulls. The team was announced in 2016, and in that same year, fans were allowed to submit team name suggestions. And after these suggestions were narrowed down, fans were allowed to vote on the three finalists, and the name Windy City Bulls came out on top. The next team, the Wisconsin Herd. The okay, Wisconsin that's the Bucks. Herd. That's, I mean, that's got to yeah. be Milwaukee. Absolutely. All right. The streak continues. Are now 13 for 16. The Wisconsin Herd are the G League affiliate of the Milwaukee Bucks. Now we're going to be moving in to the Western Conference here. The San, or excuse me, I just gave it away. The Austin Spurs. You huh. probably would have been able to San Antonio. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, there you go. Not like you needed any uh, assistance because you're faring pretty well in this game, but it is the San Antonio Spurs. The next team, the Birmingham Squadron. The Birmingham Squadron. This one not as easy. Oh, Birmingham. I thought it. I thought Birmingham was Alabama. It may be. It is Birmingham, yeah. Alabama. Yeah, that's a thing. But I'll, yeah. it's not this Birmingham. So it's a. F- I, I would almost think it's New Orleans. Narlins. Just on the location. Narlins. Narlins. I'm cool with Narlins. Yeah, let's go. Locking it in, New Lock Orleans. In. Yeah. yeah. That is incorrect. Nope, Joe. Yeah. Shut up, Joe. <laughs> you're incorrect. That answer, however, is correct. The oh Birmingham Squadron are the G League affiliate of the New Orleans Pelicans. The name is a reference to a collective noun used for a group of Pelicans, which I didn't know, and to Alabama's history in military aviation, such as the Tuskegee Airmen of the 99th Pursuit Squadron. Mm. Next team, Iowa Wolves. Iowa. Oh, that's got to be Minnesota. The, the Minnesota. It Minnesota. Is. You locking it in? Yeah. It is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Next team, the Memphis Hustle. Memphis Hustle. Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, the Grizzlies. Yeah, the, the Grizzlies. Grizzlies. You sign off on what, that? What Dan right. said. Make it 17 out of 20 now. Cooking with gasolina. It is the Memphis Got him my Grizzlies. Gasolina. The team name, team name Memphis Hustles, inspired by the hard work, persistence, and grit of the city. And the name is an also an homage to the area's musical history. Next team, Oklahoma City Blue. Oklahoma City Blue. Oh. Oklahoma. Oh. Blue. Blue. 
No. What what teams are blue, Joe? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> the blue. There's one in the NHL, the Blues. Oh, it's Dallas. Okay. It's got to be Dallas. Come on. I'll hop blue. on that. I got no better their, ideas. Their colors are blue and white. But San Antonio's close to Dallas. But it's Oklahoma City. Or it's Oklahoma, Oklahoma. City sorry. Blue. Sorry, Oklahoma. Oklahoma's still close to Dallas. But there's West Virginia. The what, what else is close to Oklahoma, Frank? The, the NBA team, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh. oh. Dan, he schooled. That. He schooled you. <laughs> yes, he schooled me in a sport I don't know. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Perhaps future MVP, home of Shy Gilgis Alexander. I think it's the... I'll, I'll go with Oklahoma, City, Oklahoma Thunder. City Thunder. I completely forgot about him. I'm fine with that. I got nothing, no other ideas. Well, Frank saved your guys behind. You completely forgot the Oklahoma City Thunder exists, but they do exist, and they are the NBA affiliate of the OKC Blue. Next up, the Ontario Clippers. Ontario Clippers. I mean, Ontario Clippers. It's got to be the the Clippers then, the Los Angeles I mean, Clippers, right? Is, is this like Ontario, like Canada? Yeah, it would have to be, I would think. I mean, the only other team... Well, there is Ontario's in... Oh, that's tough. Imagine being shipped from Ontario, Canada, down to go play for the L.A. Clippers. But it's like, you know, the only other team I could... Uh, it's like... It could be a throw-off and it'd be like actually like, yeah. like Portland since it's close to there. Exactly. That's what or I'm thinking. Or it's just like the rest of these and just on the nose and it just is the L.A. Clippers. I don't know. I'm going with the nose. I'm going All with right. the Los I'm Angeles cool with on the Clippers. Nose. It is... The L.A. Clippers, and it is not Ontario, Canada. There is a city called Ontario in California. So there you go. The next team, the Rio Grande or Rio Grande Valley Vipers. The Rio Grande Valley Vipers. That's Dallas, right? Rio Grande, I think, is in Texas. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. The yeah. Rio, the, yeah. Rio, the Rio Grande. Yeah. Rio Grande. I think we're all going I'm, with I'm Dallas cool with, and I'm Tanner. Cool You're going with the Dallas Mavericks? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, your streak, I believe, of 17 consecutive. Oh, no. Has wait been... a second. Wait a second. No, we don't get away. A New Mexico. Wait, What's in New Mexico? Joe, you didn't give me the chance to finish. The streak has come to an end. That is incorrect. It is the Houston Rockets. So you had a legendary streak there of 17 straight, I believe. Right next to each other, man. But it came to an end. The next team, the Salt Lake City Stars. Salt Lake City Stars. Oh, I've heard of Salt Lake. I don't know where it is, though. Salt Lake City Stars. Salt Lake City. What's 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 Sacramento? No, Salt Lake. Right, but I'm just saying for the team, the Sacramento Kings. I, I that's that's I that's as much as I got there, unless if it's Dallas. A, what team is in Salt <gasps> What is it, Frank? Salt Lake City, Utah. Home of the Utah Jazz. Yeah. Oh, yep, yep, that, yep, yep, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Alright, rocking with it. Yep. That is correct. It is the Utah. Jazz. Next up, the Santa Cruz Warriors. Santa Cruz Warriors. Santa Cruz Dan, I want you to take this California. one. Right? You tell me. Dan, I'm lobbying You this tell time. me. You look at... Both you and Frank were just looking at me. I'm like, I don't know, man. This one's on you. I'm lobbying this one to you. Santa Cruz Warriors? What? Oh, Golden State Warriors. 
That is correct. Dan, now at 21 of 25. Next, the Sioux Falls Sky Force. Sioux Falls Sky Force. Force. Now that's a great name. Now, yeah, (laughs) that's a a pretty dang good name. What other teams are in the West? (laughs) Uh, Sacramento, we haven't said. Oh, this is actually... Good, good thing bringing that up, Frank, because this is similar to the Denver Nuggets one. The team is in the G League Western Conference, but their oh. NBA affiliate is Eastern Conference, oh. the Sioux Falls Sky Force. What's it? What Eastern team have we not said yet? Oh, no. Sky Force? Knowledge! There's no, like, planes in the... Did we do the Bucks yet? We did the Bucks. They were the, the herd. Wisconsin yeah, herd. that's right. There's no, like, planes or, like, no more birds. Is Portland in the east or the west? They're west. Okay. That doesn't help. <laughs> uh, Miami? Did we say Miami? I don't think we used the heat oh, for anything. We didn't use the heat. Let's we use them. Use Let's heat? use it now. That's a weird team, but I like it. Heat! heat. Uh, this answer is go, heat. Dan. You got it. It is. The yeah! Heat. picking it out. And... Frank, you mentioned you like the name. The team's nickname, Skyforce, was selected from 1,045 entries submitted in a Name the Team contest. Two popular suggestions were Sky and Force, and they were simply put together to create the Skyforce. They are also the oldest G League team. The, they played their inaugural game on November 16th, 1989, in a game against the Rapid City Thrillers at the Sioux Falls Arena, they <laughs> fell 85 to 79 in front of a crowd of 5,125 people. Next team, South Bay Lakers. South oh, Bay Lakers. LA Lakers. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That is Just correct. Just go with it. Yeah. <laughs> that yep. is correct. Next team, second to last team, Stockton Kings. Stockton Sacramento. Kings. Oh, Sacramento. Light the beam, baby. Light the beam, indeed, because that answer is. Correct. And now last but not least, the Texas Legends. Texas Legends. Texas oh. Legends? That's There's, as much Mark Cuban put that into whole that. state is full of themselves, and it's the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> yeah. Dallas Mavericks, baby. <laughs> the shark himself. Correct. And now I'll give you guys two more points here up for the taking because there are two G League teams that don't have NBA affiliates. If you can name them, I'll throw you two extra points here. Portland. We didn't say anything about Portland. Portland. Uh, all right, there's one. Oh, what would be there's the no, other one? I think the East has all of them, so it has to be a Western team. Um, oh. Uh, what? We have what? There's a. It's on the. It's the on Seattle team. Sonics. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> should still. Be I don't team, know. But like, no. What's the? It's the. Uh, we said Atlanta. We said Charlotte. We said Miami. We said. Oh, geez, we're in a time crunch, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm giving up. Phoenix at the buzzer. Oh, my. Home to Kevin Durant, and they will lose in the NBA Finals. (laughs) The Suns used to have a G League team, but they sold it to Detroit after a quote-unquote extensive internal review, (laughs) which probably just is code for their owner at the time, Robert Sarver, is a notorious cheap ass. Like, the guy once traded a top 10 pick in the NBA draft for money, but uh, the Suns no longer have a G League team. They sold it to Detroit. All right, so you guys finished with a blazing 27 out of 31 total points. Yeah. Good work, fellas. I mean, there I'll was take some, credit for all of it. Yeah, there were some. No, you don't. <laughs> there were some layups in there. No pun intended. But overall, you guys knocked that one out of the park. That was a slam dunk. All right, I'm done with the basketball <laughs> puns. You guys just shout your social medias out. 
I'll go first. You can find me on Twitter at double underscore D capital W N Y. No more B. No more B. Don't don't put in a B no more. Why? I, I wanted to change it, Joe. There you go. Oh, okay. All Next. right. You can find me on Twitter at the Buffalonian and on Instagram at Joe Callie. You can find me on Twitter at Frank561Lopez and on Instagram at FrankLopez underscore 561. All right. Find me on Twitter at TJ Saunders 2000 on Instagram at Tanner underscore Saunders 2000. I've been your host for this uh, lovely Monday, and we will see you in the next one. Have a great day.